Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're going to hear from a brother we'll call Rajiv. Together with his wife, Uma, they lead a ministry of making disciples and planting churches in the red light district of Mumbai. What we see here in India is like a fish market. There is no shame. Um, God has just blinded them. Mm. Um, And uh, to such an extent that now there is no shame. And so you have prostitutes lined up in the streets along with some pimps as well as madams just fighting for customers. Brothers who wanted money would borrow money from a money lender, a loan shark, Mm. and then send their sisters into prostitution. Yeah. Mothers who come to the, who have been receiving every month 5,000 rupees, nearly around $70 every month, comes to see what her daughter is doing, and she comes and sees her her daughter uh, involved in the sex trafficking, and spends a week with the daughter and says, hey, when I go get back home, I'll send your sister. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the gripping reality, um, yeah. the brokenness, where there is no shame. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, we're dealing with a situation like where the worldview accepts them. Like, mm. it's like the city of Corinth, where you had temple prostitution, right? Mm. So every every girl has a story. Some mm. come by choice because that's the only thing that they know. They come by choice because they had the they had to take care of the mother's operation, and they had no other choice, no skills, and so they just come in by choice to sell their body, they, to sell themselves in the brothel. Some some come because they're either being cheated. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guy in the village in Nepal has come to them and said, I'll give you a good job in Mumbai, come. Mm-hmm. And then they sell them off into the brothel. And so uh, some come uh, against the will. So, and, and when, when, you're dealing with, when you're dealing with mothers who are okay with their daughters uh, selling their bodies, as long as she gets the money, then that you are mm. dealing with a lot and lot of very deep darkness, right? In the brothel, we have taken rented houses where we have a sewing center where we teach the ladies some skills just to make bags. And that's the place we clear it for Sundays so that we'll meet there as a house church. Is that for the girls who've left prostitution or is it sometimes a bridge to help them leave? It's a bridge. Yeah. It's in the, so the church is in the middle of the brothel. Mm. And so you have active ladies who are still coming to the church. Um, and then that's when um, they open up. They begin to share that I've come against my will and, or um, I've been forced and I want to get out, but I have this loan to be paid off by some loan sharks. And until I pay it off, I cannot get out. And so the so 
having a church in the middle of the brothel helps us to allow active ladies to come and and be able to fellowship and be able to hear God's word and that's how the, the fellowship that they enjoy they, when we show them acceptance just we don't judge them we we kind of listen to them to their all their broken stories mm. um, that's that's how God uses those moments to bring out the ladies from the red light okay so they're meeting in the sewing centers and they're open to any any of the women to come and learn how to sew and how many people typically would be in the room well uh, sometimes you have 30 um on some occasions like when it is christmas or other big occasions you could have like a room full of around 50 people seated there and these are like house churches that are run by the it's like the paul's first journey it's normally an outsider who 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 has who is leading the church actually and we are slowly also beginning to teach the uh rescued ladies to now begin to at least start uh, praying or leading mm-hmm. the house church or or praying and just uh, taking care of the other ladies that are coming in they're sitting on the floor everybody's singing all the hindi christian songs every every week at least twice they meet once for the Sunday church and once for some specific Bible study. One hour at the most, because that's that's how much time the madams would allow their mm. uh, customer, their ladies to go and attend the church. Yes. So the or if they if we take too long, sometimes the madams would say, "Hey, we are losing customers." So he send back the girl. So, I mean, like. Uh, We've opened the church to everyone, either yeah. they're practicing or not. Uh, it's just that, I mean, you cannot um, just divide the crowd into, okay, you are not practicing, you are practicing, <clears throat> but just having faith in the word of God and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to work in these ladies' lives, in spite of them sometimes wor- working at night, we still show them that acceptance and bring them to the house church and teach them because in time as time goes by the holy spirit convicts mm. them and m- many a times these are the ladies who come out because they have been convicted so we have some ladies that are that their parents were madams and so they were never involved in prostitution but they lived in that community because their mother was a madam i had a four years back one of the ladies said Brother, I wish God had sent you 10 years back. And then I was pondering on what why, what, what she meant by that. And I soon realized that her mother was one of the biggest madams in that area. But today, the best thing is that the mother has now changed her life. She's been baptized. And and uh, and the daughter, daughter, even though she's not been practicing, she had grown up in that community. Mm. So she knows all the ladies. So... We're seeing like when you make the Oikos list of the red light background believers, the whole city, there are pockets and pockets of 
areas in Mumbai, all red light uh, communities mm -hmm. mushrooming around the city where, because Mumbai is a city of migrants, that means they have left their wives and come. And, and so uh, if there's a migrant community, then there is also a uh, red light community that has mushroomed in that part of the city. And today, uh, Pinky is the one who's really taking us to new, new places, share, to new uh, red light background, red light uh, communities. That's the daughter. Yeah, the daughter. Most of the ladies that we rescue that are from the Nepal, we would send them back to Nepal. Mumbai is kind of a you're being chased by the fames or the land, uh, the loan shark. If there's around three ladies who wants to come out, we are in a hurry to buy tickets and take them into a train station and. Uh, take them to the border of Nepal. And once they reach Nepal, that's where now the pimps cannot get hold of them. In Nepal, we have a team of church planters who have gone through the trauma healing discipleship. And they're the ones who are now uh, uh, sitting with the ladies and discipling them, just looking, uh, listening to their brokenness, trying to counsel them and so on. And uh, uh, with the vision that they be connected to a local church when they are sent back to the village. We make sure that before they get back to the village, at least they mm. receive some counseling. And then uh, if they are not, have, if they have not believed, we share the gospel and baptize them and then send them back to the village. And my partner, Kiran, who's another movement leader in Nepal, has a lot of pastors across Nepal. And so wherever the lady comes from, we know that there's a pastor that would be able to take care of the ladies. We've kept the very low profile. I, I keep a very low profile because I don't want to be like, in fact, they don't even know my name. The team that operates in the red light, they're the ones that receive the pushback. We just had an incident, Priya, whom we rescued and sent her to the city of Pune that is just two hours drive from Mumbai and another uh, growing city. It's a metro city. Some of the pimps got hold of her and said, you have to come back to do prostitution. So in Pune also, there's a gro big growing uh, red light. Pimps in Pune got hold of Priya, threatened her to come back to working in the red light. She refused and she got beat up, mm -hmm. black and blue. I mean, and so we had to rush to Pune and take care of Priya in the hospital. There was no major damage in her head, but she's gone through a lot of trauma in that situation. We couldn't even file a case against the pimps yeah. because if we file a case against the pimps, the identity of the girl would be known and the cops would seize the moment to even arrest the girl. So why we call it cage is because literally it's like a small, small jail cell where uh, a woman has to live in a rundown building of around six foot by six foot, where she eats there, she <clears throat> she shares a community toilet, and and she eats there. The daughter, the children stay there, and also um, when the customers come, they do the business there itself, and. And the ladies are not even allowed to come out. They are literally caged there. What we discovered was that these ladies who are active working 
were keeping the, their children with another lady who said she was a believer, but she was not a real born-again believer. Mm. Uh, she was trying to make money out of the children. Yeah. So uh, the parents come and keep the children in the daytime with this lady, and, and then uh, she would feed them and take care of them while the mothers are doing their business. And at night, they would come and pick up their children and they take them home. But in some cases, the children are put under their bed when their mothers are doing their business. Mm. I mean, Steve, it's so dark that when you are trying to tighten one screw, another screw has to be tightened because when you go through the trauma healing discipleship, if you just do it with the women, mothers, and, and leave their children, the children grow up, grew up in that society, seeing their mother either being abused. We believe that the only thing that can, that can change that community is not through some social enterprise, but mm. it's just a gospel that can transform that whole society. How would you describe the trauma healing discipleship? There are so many powerful Bible stories that we can mm. use, but... You just have to be a very good listener mm. and 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 when you and be able to show compassion and and compassion needs to be fleshed out and not talked about mm-hmm. in this kind of a situation. The difference that made what we made in the red light area was when we didn't just speak, but we had to do it by action. Mm-hmm. And so we had to show up when ladies were being beaten. We had to show up when mm. ladies were dying of HIV and they were just like uh, treated like rags and nobody was taking care. We had to show up, take them to the hospital. The trauma healing, I know it's like it's a tool for us to be able to uh, really glean out the hurt and the abuse that they have gone through. But w- I think one needs to be a very good listener, be a man of action. Mm and not just words. We just have to be the Luke 15 church where the father was willing to embrace Mm. the son back. In the red light districts, I say, if you don't become like the father's heart, that embracing father, and show love in spite of what they are doing, we're not going to get to anywhere. Mm. I mean, if we just talk about the seven commands of Jesus Christ, it would be so legalistic and I would say we're just trying to put ointment in a wound. The thing that they need is real antibiotics. It, the hurt and the trauma is so deep that it takes two, three years for them to really come out of that. Steve, when I had to start this ministry, I was a four-fields guy mm. who was very into the seven commands of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But what I realized was that these ladies need beyond need mm. something beyond the seven commands of Jesus Christ. Yes. And so some of our teams in Nepal have gone through the trauma healing discipleship. I just jumped into this ministry. When you wrote the first book, What Jesus Did, those were days when I was just doing ministry mm. in pioneering work where I don't I did not have to deal with any red mm. light kind of a ministry. Today, I'm in a season where God has put me into this ministry Mm. when my heart was not yet ready. I wasn't ready to get into this ministry. And uh, Mm. 
And the Lord convicted me in Atlanta when there was a speaker who said, who is your neighbor? Mm. Is your neighbor the kind of people that you're always familiar? And for me, in my case, in Mumbai, my neighbor is a, that lady who is being abused, selling her body. My wife and I just jumped into this ministry and today we are dealing with a lot the darkness. But we say that it's worthwhile because we see that their ladies are receptive and they're coming out. I know they have come out from their practice, but they still carry that hurt. So when I entered into this ministry, I said, okay, the tailoring part is good. All the social part, social ministries about teaching them about beautician or making some earrings or bangles, that is all good. But we said we have to put the gospel first. In spite of what we teach them, if they walk away by just learning a trade but not receiving the gospel, we have not done a, our job. Yeah. And that is incomplete. And therefore, we just need to really turn the table and put the gospel first. In spite of them practicing or not, we just have to trust the Holy Spirit and believe in the word that is the word that's going to change them. Thanks for listening. Visit movements.net and look for episode 291 to find out more about this amazing ministry. And if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, why not let others know through social media or leave a review wherever you get your podcast. This has been Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.